Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the show. fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 155, brought to you by the great folks at betonline.ag. Check out betonline.ag, get a free account, use CLNS50 as a promo code, and uh, you get a nice little sweet little bonus. So go check them out, they do a great job over there. But moving forward, I have to uh, welcome in my friend Heather. Heather, it's good to see you. Nice to see you, kid. How are you feeling? I'm feeling much better, actually. It's, it's okay. fun that I can send you drugs on the uh, through the uh, the black market uh, to yeah. get you some cold medicine. I've never sent a delivery out and had a delivery come back to me before. <laughs> that was <laughs> very was, funny. That was kind of weird because I didn't even recognize your voice. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know if this is the new cook that's behind <laughs> there. I'm like, what? and then all of a sudden she's like, do you want your calzone? I'm like... Who are you? <laughs> Who are you, and why but, do you know I like my calzone? I know. I know I yeah, no, it was a rough week with a cold, and I didn't have my voice mostly for most of the week, which was interesting. Again, answering phones and stuff, and uh, customer service. You got to talk to people, or switching between that and getting like the dry throat, and then you're coughing, and everyone looks at you like you have some kind of communal disease that you're spreading. It really didn't. It was a me issue. Just saying, no one else around me seems to have had it. But yeah, no, it was rough. Like. Like, do you want fries with that? It was like bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was definitely not you. So unlucky for you guys, I got my voice back. So yeah, right. yeah. just um, in time. So how was your week? It was good. I mean, it's it's really bad in New England, obviously, which triggered your your sickness. Mm. It's it's the up and down um, craziness of New England weather. Uh, it's just very like blah. It's currently thirty nine, super overcast and pouring like a yeah. I don't I, I don't know if I was say this. I don't know if I you know love saying this, but I kind of would rather have snow over the freaking rain and I don't know. It's just crappy. I agree. I lo- 
A, I love snow, but B, you can like wipe snow off you. You yeah. can shovel snow out of the way. Rain at very... this time of year is just cold and wet and soaks you to the bone and then you can't get warm and it's just annoying. Absolutely. It's hovering right above freezing, Yeah. <laughs> but not actually warm enough to care. <laughs> it's freezing. We are recording this on Sunday, November 24th, um, so why don't we just get right into it. All right. Um, well, let's talk about the three games, the three successful games last Better week. Better week, yep. Yeah, Much absolutely. Better a better week, week um, with the uh, Tuesday night uh, contest against the New Jersey Devils. Um, the Boston Bruins walk away with a significant five to one victory. Um, and this, uh, I wish it would really tell you where this where this game was. Was this at the Pro? It, yeah, it was at the Pro in New Jersey. Okay, it was a super good game for a Pasternakin. Matt Grizzlick. Yeah, Grizzlick gets on the board uh, with his first goal of the uh, season from Marchand and Krejci uh, to give the Boston Bruins a one to nothing lead, uh, 14-26 into that lead. Um, was that the one that he faked, completely faked out Subban? Yeah, he made P.K. Subban look silly. That was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, one of two for him, but we'll talk about that later. David Pasternak also in the first period. At the fourteen uh, forty mark, which was shortly after the Grizzly goal, um, gets his eighteenth uh, from Marshan and Krejci. So um, big night for that for that line. Um, just crazy. Uh, second period, the New Jersey Devils uh, got one goal, uh, so they get a little closer. And then the third period, the uh, Boston Bruins just completely own the uh, the last frame. Starting off with Pasternak's 19th from Marshan and Coyle at the 319 mark of the third, giving them a 3-1 to one lead. That's on the power play. And Matt Grizzlick has another goal. This one was just uh, an absolute bomb. Uh, you know, the, the, the kick and shoot. Uh, he gets his second of the, of the season, second of the game from Charlie McAvoy at the 1033 mark of the third. Four to one lead for the bees, and and it was just pretty much done there. Connor Clifton adds his second of the season, unassisted, uh, seals the deal for a five to one victory. Boys representing the back end. Yeah, three out of the five goals. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, it's so this these are the types of games that I really am amped for. It's not a great game um, per se because New Jersey is struggling. Yeah, no, like, yeah, like they're not the most formidable opponent, but I mean still you can lose on any day, so it's not like you have to you can lay down either. Right. And it's a National Hockey League game. Never go into it light and the Bruins didn't. Um I thought at times they they looked like they were playing down to their opponent, but other times they were really, really uh good. Uh, but what what is really good about what I'm seeing here is the contributions of Matt Grizzlick. Um, Coyle and Connor Clifton. I mean, this is this type of offense this Boston Bruins team needs moving forward. A complete lineup that is able to put the puck in the net and not always rely on that air quote in here, folks. Perfection line that everybody wants to call that. Production line. The secondary secondary scoring is still a big freaking issue for me. I want to keep it going. It's It's showing signs of life. It really is but not at a consistent level. And I'm not expecting every freaking defenseman on the Boston Bruins to score goals and light up the score sheet. That's not what defenseman's job. Right, about. but when you get contributions exactly. like that from those people, it just increases your chances of winning. I mean, you, you just, you're, making your, you're making more of a threat to the opponent. Yeah. 
And especially Bergeron was out, so that was a big thing. Our crew was still out that game, so we still had a lot of the younger or kind of our plug-in players in there. You know, like Parland home, whatever. I don't, I don't expect him to try and do something, but I obviously don't expect fa fabulous things. Uh, Krejci, I mean, first, I really passed and Marshy. They just, they are beasts. Like it doesn't matter who you put with them, right? But Krejci had a really good week, starting with this game, just showing how Krejci can kind of do Krejci's thing wherever he needs to be. Getting in a little bit of that, but maybe that goes to your argument of break up that top line. Maybe bring one of them down to the second line with Krejci going or Fergie, as we talked about, mm -hmm. flipping them or whatever. But I don't know. I I do think that Matt Grizzlick, though, he's done a good job of stepping up. And uh, I, I was saying to you, like, he's a player that's coming into his own. You know, he's a little older now. He certainly has got some experience up. You know, he's not a veteran or whatever quite yet, but he's got enough real playoff and, like, life experience up on the NHL level. Like, he's sure. becoming a NHL full-rounded defenseman in his, with his own skill set, and he just has looked good or because... That back at, like, last night, we'll get to that. We were a little sloppy, just kind of all around again. Oh, yeah. But versus New Jersey, but we were making New Jersey look silly. Like, they should not look the way they are. Like, P.K. Subban, what happened to you guys? Yeah. You are, I was thinking Eric Carlson was the most overpaid defenseman, hmm. but I'm thinking P.K. Subban might be because he's older or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, that was a good game. But, yeah, the, Jersey's in trouble. I really thought that they were going to have some put some stuff together this year but they've got a lot of money and just they've spent over the summer and it doesn't seem to be gelling together. Tukurask another strong game uh, stopped 25 of 26 uh, and uh, 0.96, 0.962 save percentage. I don't want to say point it just is yeah, the way I read it sorry. But uh, no another good game um, so moving to uh, the next one um, that was, sorry, computer's a little slow here, folks. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, this is the first time that these two teams have met, if I'm not mistaken. And yes, it is. Thank you, Heather. Um, I believe so. I don't have the schedule. The first, this was uh, at the TD Garden, mm -hmm. and the... Buffalo Sabres get on the board with a Rasmus Ristolainen goal uh, at the 5:25 mark of the first period. Brad Marchand continues to be hot with his 14th from Chara and Pasternak at the 13:52, tying the score at one. Second period, Brad Marchand again with his 15th from Grizzlick and Heinen at the 4:14:45 mark of the second. Giving the Bruins a two to one lead that was on the power play. I forgot to mention. I got to get in the habit of starting to mention in this that Ristolainen goal was on the power play to start the game scoring. The third period, David Pasternak again continues to go just absolutely leaps and bounds for this kid. Scores his twentieth of the year uh, on the power play from Heinen and Bergeron at the one fifty six mark of the third period. Um, and the Buffalo Sabres come back a little closer uh, at these 12.58 uh, to get the score to 3-2, and two, but it wasn't enough. The Boston Bruins end up winning this one in regulation at home, continuing the, the unbelievable uh, home cooking. The 
and uh, Tuka Rask uh, stopped. Um, sorry. Uh, thirty-eight of thirty. I'm sorry, thirty-six of thirty-eight shots. With a nine-four-seven, which is good because the goalies' numbers were not looking too hot the week before. Well, yeah, so. no, big turnaround from last week to this week's thus far uh, in these games uh, when it comes to goaltending. Not saying we're crapping on them at all, but it was, it was, uh, it due to be criticized at some point in this season, and yes, last week was that. Um, but to uh, end this week. Uh, last week's action it was on Saturday night, which was last night. The Boston Bruins faced the Minnesota Wild, uh, the struggling Minnesota Wild, the league, yeah, the league worst Minnesota Wild. Um, but in the first period, Jason Zucker, uh, who has been rumored to be uh, a Bruins uh, go-get, um, possibly at the trade deadline, to uh, help out on the right side with Krejci and that revolving door. Who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, but he gets on the board with his eighth uh, at the 8.53 mark of the first period. Uh, that was it for the first period. Second period comes in. Jake DeBrusque, who's been playing absolutely like a train. The guy is skating. He's crashing the net, looking like old Jake DeBrusque is back. But he gets his fourth of the, uh, of the season from on Chara. Beauty. From Chara and Richie to give the to tie the, the game at one. Uh, Victor Rask, kind of a um, weird goal here. I kind of think, and we'll talk about the officiating uh, uh, topic, but uh, scores on Rask. Uh, but is that the first time Rask scored on himself? <laughs> okay, anyway, that was that was dumb. But I... Um, the, I understand your frustration. Yeah, we'll know. talk about it. Uh, the Minnesota Wild get two more in the period. To, to go up 3-1. to one. Brad Marchand gets to 16th and he continues his streak at the 1956 mark of the second period to give Minnesota the 3-2 to lead heading into the third period where Kevin Fiala started the game the, the third frame off uh, with an unassisted goal to give the Minnesota Wild a 4-2 lead and pretty much I thought this was game was pretty much over. The, the Boston Bruins didn't want it. But yeah, they weren't playing. Like, we were on the power... We were on the PK way too much. We weren't executing on the very little power play, you know what I mean, that we had, and uh, we were a little sloppy. I myself was thinking, oh, God. It's terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. But one, but one man was not going to be doomed and, and gloom and, and sitting down on, on losing to the worst team in the, in the National Hockey League. And Ryan Donato. And Ryan Donato, yeah, right? But David Krejci took it upon himself to, to really turn the, the this whole situation down, tilt the ice in the favor of the Boston Bruins, and he scores his third of the year from Bergeron and uh, DeBrusque at the 18.05 mark of the third period. It's 4-3 to three Minnesota. And then David Krejci again with his fourth goal of the season from Bergeron and Krug at the 18.53 mark of the third period to tie the game on the power play. Unbelievable effort to get back into this game. Scary, I don't like these situations when you when you don't play a full 60 and then you have what you have what it takes to to get back into the game too late to mm. you know, it's just too late for comfort for me. But overtime comes in and we all know that the, the, the overtime for the Boston Bruins and even the dreaded shootout which absolutely sucks is not always in the Boston Bruins favor but 
We're going to fangirl it up here for yeah, my Yeah, my boy is back. Tori Krug scores his third goal. Taking and, it up ice. And, what oh, a, and, and the Bobby Orr-esque rush to go through, I mean, to get out of his defensive zone for transition, through the neutral zone, looking for pass. He was seriously looking for to give it up. Saw a hole. Mm-hmm. Saw a hole in the Minnesota Wild defense and went right through it like Swiss cheese. And it wasn't even his best skating either. He kind of fumbled I up know, through I, there like, you know, like a Russian. That's why I was thinking it. he kept letting up on his speed yeah. to like release a pass, tape mm-hmm. the tape, but kept his head up through and saw the gaps that the Minnesota Wild were giving and uh, and took advantage of uh, of uh, the, the exposed defense that was just saying... You need to go in there and score this goal, and that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. Goes in there and wins the game in overtime. The celly afterward yeah. was kind of sick. <laughs> I, it was a mix between, I don't know who this dude is, uh, the, the the MMA guy. What the hell is his name? Connor. Connor McGregor or something else. I don't I even don't I don't I even know. know. It was a Kruganator moment, yeah. and, uh, and he did it. And the Boston Bruins finished the week perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And we what else is perfect? And we didn't move to, yeah, which I thought. <laughs> thought I, I thought that would be the points, game. We were horrible on the PK. Yeah. <laughs> like just, I thought that would be the and game. And we'll get to the finishing issues later. But yeah, no, it was a good week. Tuka Rask um, was in net tonight, that last night. Three in a row. Heard that uh, Halak was going to get the start, but... For some reason, he got pulled out um, later on, come to find out from certain people in the Boston Bruins media that uh, he might have been sick. So uh, good for on him to get out of there, get healthy, and be prepared for Yeah, because we've got a long week next week. Yeah. Uh, Tugaras got the win. Uh, he uh, stopped to 32 of 36. I hate the way they do that because it's backwards. I hate the NHL network. I mean... Uh, but not very good uh, save percentage uh, with under 900. So it was just one of those games that I, you know, kind of played down to your to your level. But you made things happen to secure the two points and and stay perfect at home, which I think is important. And I want to just say too, I do want to recognize Tory Crew did actually have two goals last night. <laughs> Sorry about that. He when he tried to clear that one shot and it bounced off his stick into one of Minnesota's goals. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that was indicative I was, to how I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm going back here on my computer. Like, I just want to know what he's out there thinking. I don't also have seen, I saw that too. <laughs> like, oh, man, that's, that's never good when that That's like a what happens to Brandon Carlo thing. No. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, let's talk about the week that's coming up. And if before we can do that, we have two days Sorry, we have one day in between back to back, and another great. Oh, two, two of the two of the next three teams that we're playing are original six. So, hey, if you guys want to place a wager, now's the time to do it on any of the next week's action. So, uh, the the Boston Bruins and, and AHL Providence Bruins are fully involved in their respective 2019-20 regular season. So, placing a wager on any professional sport in Boston or worldwide has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. You can place a wager on action in the AHL, NHL, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, NFL, NASCAR, and many other popular professional sports. And guess what? Because you are loyal listeners of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media content, we're giving you a 50% bonus on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. 
This added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to betonline.ag. Use code CLNS50. Please remember a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms, conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines during the favorite Boston sports season, Tether. Get in the action with betonline.ag, your online sports wagering experts. Wow. Well, it's a good Nailed week because we're playing Montreal twice next week, so... What are you talking about? What am I missing here? What? Oh, I went to December, the Sunday, because oh. that game's at night, and we will talk about it okay. if we get on the Sunday. I so got you, I, I got just, you. Also, you know I have this thing with the Montreal. I, know, I had to write it down. You did that last week, too. So. Yeah, well, I warned you about this Tuesday on the 26th when we play Montreal at Montreal in the Bell Center again. Yes, so as Heather said, we are going back to the Bell Center, which was not a very good place the last time the Boston Bruins played these two teams. These two teams played there. Uh, Montreal walked away with a 5-4 to four victory, uh, and that was on the, the, the back end of a, of a, um, of a, a back-to-back. Back, yeah. And this is on the front end of a back-to-back because the very next night on Wednesday, November 27th, uh, which happens to be... Ottawa. Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, on Thanksgiving Eve, yeah. They play the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa, so they're not on holiday up in Canada, obviously. No. So, oh, But we're two... not saying American Thanksgiving, because this is an American podcast. Exactly. It's at the Thanksgiving. Right. There's Thanksgiving, and then there's Columbus Day slash Canadian Thanksgiving. Exactly. And we love those Canadians up there. That's it, and Black Friday's coming up, and we're going to play the Rangers at 1. Yes, Black Friday is coming up, and it's the November 29th, and it's the New York Rangers are coming to the unbeaten TD Garden, and uh, I, I, I'm assuming that this is going to be one of a good a good battle because these two teams do not like each other. It's the Boston New York thing, but mm-hmm. I just I don't think the Rangers are the Rangers playing well. I don't remember. I think the Rangers are playing better than Jersey, but know who is playing well is no. Ottawa. They seem to have been playing well, so don't get sloppy just because you got to play Montreal on Monday, boys. Got to stay focused. So the Boston Bruins right now, we'll look at the uh, the league standings per NHL.com. Suck. Um, at 23 games, the Boston Bruins have a 15-3-5 and record. They have 35 points. They have a different goal differential of 23, which, if I scroll, is the league best. So that is good. They are first in the Atlantic. They are 9-0-4 at home. Unbelievable. Wish you could do this in <laughs> June. But um, then they are 6-3-1 away. Uh, in the last 10, they are 5-2-3. And, and their win streak is currently at 3. So if you look at Montreal, Montreal has lost one, so heavily favored in our, hopefully, area. Uh, hopefully, yeah, we need to get this one back from the uh, the loss that happened last time. And the well, Aud- and they're chasing us and think they won't try to capitalize on the noise of their home crowd or whatnot. Uh, Montreal is 6-4-2 uh, and two at home, so they've been playing, I'm sorry, yeah, 6-4-2. Um, but the, the next night against the Ottawa Senators on Wednesday, um, have them sitting at 11-11-1 with 23 points, uh, way out of the wild card right now. But as you said, Heather, they are playing well. They have 7-4-0 and all 
at home uh, in the seven three and zero on the um, on the in the last ten and the three game winning streak. So I get well for Ottawa is like a perception thing, but they have been playing better hockey than. Oh yeah, I think anyone even anticipates. So Ooh. again, just like with the Wild, let's not pretend like we shouldn't beat them, but don't lose to them just because it's the back to back. Speaking of the Ottawa Ottawa Wild, oh my God, the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. Shout out to um, Bobby Ryan mm-hmm. for um, having the the gumption. I, that's probably a really bad word for this. Having the um, foresight to think about himself and family and check himself into a, a National Hockey League approved um, rehab. Um, I don't know the details, um, drug, alcohol, I don't know. I really don't want to speculate yeah, on any of that because yeah, it's none of my business. Uh, it's a personal and family thing. But uh, he did walk away from the Ottawa Senators and is, and is seeking help. Um, he went through the appropriate ways of uh, going to do this and uh, and use the league as a benefit to get things done for him. Uh, so shout out to him and and, yeah. and best of luck. Um, regardless if you like the player or not, human beings to us are very important. And when you take the steps to better yourself in these tips, types of situations, um, it's just a, it's a great thing for uh, humanity, I believe. Yeah, whatever he needs to do to get healthy, whatever that is for, whatever that means. Like we wish you, you know speedy health because like you said like people are people and yep. you don't want anyone to have to be going through things like that but it's important to seek whatever medical attention one might need in any situation like that that you can't exactly work do yourself you know yep um and to round off the week uh the week action that's coming up uh the new york ranges um on friday at 1 p.m they are four, five, and zero oh, away from Madison Square Garden. They are four, five, and one in the last ten, and they currently won um, uh, their last game. So they're on a one-game winning streak. But there's uh, four or five days in between that, so four days. Uh, so anything could happen with that. So. And I just again to mention that on this Sunday, this first of December, we play Montreal at home. So we'll probably record if we do record before this game's going to happen so we want to mention it now because okay. it'll be too late if they listen to us next time all right no i think i like also thinking. montreal twice guy i like you thinking yeah but no, you know I'm... now we're not going to see them for the rest of the season rest i know of the year. i i think that's part of the problem with how they the schedule, schedule sucks things. like it's stupid yeah i'm someone who thinks you should play heavy your division and everybody else not so much that makes it more exciting in the playoffs and it also why do you have to top heavy all the rivalries like that? Like it's stupid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't you think you should drop the? No, I agree. Throughout the whole thing, but whatever. That's just me. What do I know? I'm just a girl sitting in your office doing a podcast. That's right. No one pays me to do anything. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny last night that Cassie said that there was a time that he thought, "Boy, reeling." Like, the two refs were the two best players tonight for the Wild. That was kind of funny. Something like that. That's not a direct quote. Well, but, why don't we get into the topic before we take our first break um, in here from it, the Great That's kind set. of a leftover from last. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the, the officiating week. continues to suck. I'm just going to say that. It sucks. And I'm, I wish I could say an F-bomb. I know I can, but I'd rather not until I'm actually pushed into a corner and need to use it. But you, you got to get better. And I know that the general managers had a meeting um, in New York uh, last Tuesday, 
Uh, it was reported that the, the offsides and the particular one against the Bruins was discussed. Uh, Don Sweeney was in the house and I believe he brought it up that uh, this was completely wrong because, you know, I don't care what you, if you're, if you're a referee and this and that and you think you know everything. I mean, he had possession before he entered the zone. Now, you gotta, you got to clarify on what possession is. So I believe that what came out of those meetings on Tuesday was that they're going to talk about that uh, during the offseason in the Board of Governors and, and get a better explanation of what possession is. And I think it's going to have to come down to you have to have the puck on the stick to call it possession and not your feet anymore. But that sounds, that's stupid. That's stupid. Because everyone understands possession is within your body. It's not like everybody is an. It's not tenth of the thing. law, right? That the well, that's what I'm saying though. Is that like the NHL does their rules the stupidest ways, right? First of all, half the time they're undermining their own efforts to like whatever help you know protect from injuries, things like this. But what they do is they do things reactory. We have already talked about how they don't have any really clear defined rules that anybody like you could get on the ice and be able to officiate you know whatever they do these things they like meet the gms but then they send it to players to, you know they basically tell player safety or whatever what the rules should be well maybe they shouldn't be the ones writing the rules because then you have this maybe it's time because the game is faster and everything and everyone's on board that we make a new rule that if you can see any of the puck on either side and the player has within their body possession because it is never meant just on your stick and I don't know why suddenly it is. I mean, if it's fumbling, that's one thing. But when you see someone clearly like flattening it out to be able to play it, that's possession. Yeah. I think, you know? Oh, yeah, I agree. So why do we have to make... Because whatever they'll decide is they'll make it more complicated and more stupid so we won't be able to know what it is. So why can't you just have it if you see it clear either side, right? There's puck on this side, it's offside. If there's puck on this side or vice versa... You can have X amount of blade. I don't know how how much that is of your blade over the thing. It's a 16. Before, right. Before. <laughs> it's just stupid. If it's egregious, yes. If there's a whole skate, yes. If there's someone hanging out by the goalie down the other end, yes. That's offsides. We all agree. But things like men moving at 40 miles an hour or whatever, and clearly they have possession of the puck. And it's not even... I would be pissed if it wasn't even my team because that's stupid to stop play and all of that and take back goals, in this case, over things like this. Yeah. This little bit. Like, you blink. You can't even see it. Like, how egregious could it have been if you had to slow it down until you saw every little micrograin on the film? All right, so when you, uh, your thoughts on last night's goal, on the Rask versus Rask... Uh, um, I, I know he was stopping to get in front of there, yeah. get a rebound, whatever, you know, the sloppy top types of goals that you get at the top of the crease. But, come on, it's a rebound. You got time to think about it. My, I mean, my only thing, it looked kicked into me. My thing is, at first, I was thinking kicked in, but when you look at it, he looks like he's trying to pull up because if, if you go after the actual goal goes in, he like, ends up falling this way and whatever. So he's... Not someone who looks particularly stable on well, his feet. Well, who's the defenseman? Because he had a little help. Yeah. Okay. Well, shit. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that I don't think is... That to me wasn't egregious like when someone like plants their... Like, you know, it didn't look like he was making a kicking motion to me. It looked as if, yes, a kicking motion was happened, but that was also in the course of he didn't seem like he was very stable on his feet because he did continue to move in that direction even after the puck had gone off his gate. That's my only thing. 
it, that could be an either way call, but for me, I, I don't think there was enough evidence that he maliciously kicked the puck or whatever into thing into his skate. But uh, yeah, Th there's just a lot of things that are stupid. I sh can I just bring it up since we're already talking about the officiating? Sure. Um, we'll let's just get into the officiating stuff, and mm -hmm. we'll get that part because this is general NHL yeah, we'll bitch talk break. before we get into whatever else with the boys. But uh, let's start with the blood incident. Yeah. Oh, the, how the, how hard right. is it to write into a rule without causing total disruption of stoppage of play rules and embellishing kids and thing? Just to clarify, yeah. this this is about the uh, a game that was not it's not Bruins related, but we're no. just talking there about was it. The Vancouver it's, Abs game. Yeah, and Matt Calvert took a shot to the head. Yep, from Elias Peterson. He uh, says Peterson. Everyone Peterson, says Peterson whatever. whatever. And obviously, hurt, bleeding, no whistle. Yeah. And even Pedersen was like, hey, let's, let's take a look attention. over here, guys. And um, and in context, Vancouver had pulled their goaltender. They had six players on the ice. They were rushing into the zone. And the rule is you, to stop play, obviously, you have to get possession or whatever if your player's down. To me, blood is different than, like, everyone keeps saying about Campbell and his broken leg, and I thank you for your service, sir. But still, that's a different type of injury because blood... Blood is a biohazard. That is an indication someone is hurt, whether it's a severity or not. And if you get extra time for high-sticking someone and there's blood as opposed to you just get a high-sticking, doesn't it make sense you can write in there, blood equals stoppage of play, without then people can pretend they're more hurt than they are. Blood yep. is blood, okay? Yep. And when the best player on the ice at the time is trying to wave their attention, and I think I said to you, if we're relying on the players to tell us it's out of bounds. Why can't we rely on the players to say, hey, my opponent's down because he just blocked a shot with yeah. his face of, you know what I mean? Another thing Sorry. that's got to be discussed over the summer, you know what I mean? It's just absolutely ridiculous on, on what what point. I, I honestly think that this is going to come down to you need somebody to se severely get hurt for them to actually take a freaking reaction on this. And I, I don't think it should go that far. I think you should you should be able to say... You need to stop the. You need to blow the whistle. And here's another thing: is a lot of some color analysts that were on the panel were saying, "Okay, so what if you wanted to get this guy help that much? Are you willing to give up possession of the puck?" I think when there is blood, regardless of who has possession of the puck or what the circumstances are, it should be blown dead. Yeah. I think it's that simple, and then the rule doesn't have to be significantly altered. The refs still maintain their discretion, but if everybody see, if anybody sees blood, play should be stopped. The, the opposing coach or your coach, a trainer, the freaking guys on the ice, like, because again, he tried to get their attention to say, hey, this dude's hurt, not like, yeah. oh, he's down, not, you know, sometimes, yeah, it takes a minute to get off the ice. That's why you look and do like kind of an eye house. Now, I'm, th I'm trying to think about the Stanley Cup finals with, mm -hmm. with Zidane Chara. When he got that blast in the in the jaw, was there an immediate whistle? Because I don't remember that. I can't remember. I would think that it probably was an immediate whistle, but... Okay. I, I feel know. like he got up and ended up off the ice, but yeah, I don't know if that off, means that you know we got mean? possession or not. I can't right. remember. That was a while, but... That's, again, though, a situation... Like, and I get people say that, well, what about with the Chara thing? But with the Chara thing... Yes. Okay, first of all, if you see someone take a puck off the face, you should stop playing, blood or not blood. But okay, so Good even idea. if you want to argue, okay, Vancouver had six dudes, they're going to try, you know, they got the extra attacker for a reason, possession, all that argument. If we can stop the play 
for seven minutes to review a quarter inch of a skate offside, why can't we stop the play for a player who is bleeding from their head? Absolutely agree. Yeah, so I, I think that's a simple fix. Just regardless of possession, if there is blood, if anybody, you see it as the ref, a player screaming, blood, whatever right. it takes. All right, well, then I ask you on what about the spitting in the face thing, Hathaway spitting in? Uncalled for. I don't like that at all. You know, if you have a problem with uh, another player for, uh, taking liberties or what, you should either drop the gloves, face wash them. Um, you know, not not get. Let's not get crazy, but spitting is another thing of. It's just disrespectful. It really is, in my opinion. Universally and, agreed to be yeah. the most disrespectful. And I, as a Bruins podcast, I, I understand that these people are going to be out there going. Um, or even people that don't that, that aren't Bruins fans that listen are gonna say, "Well, what about Marshan and his licking?" I say licking equals one goal. I mean, one game suspension, not yeah. one goal, because it's just different. I mean, he was also. I don't think you can be charged with licking like outside, but you can be charged with a crime outside of say the hockey rink if you spit on someone. Yep. And they called it intent to injure because the whole idea is you could be carrying germs or whatever, like bacteria, like you could get... No, sure. Just, I don't know. I don't think licking is appropriate either, but I also don't think spitting in someone's face is the same as licking when you had the option to just take your fine and your suspension to punch them and it would have been one game and 25 grand or whatever, but you made a choice for whatever reason. You have to lose some serious control to make the choice to spit at another person like that. Oh, yeah. You know, so... That was just, I just wanted to bring that up. Maybe we should could change that rule. I wrote down, is it different? Yeah, it's kind of different licking and spitting, but how about just amend the rule that says you can't use bodily fluids? So if some dude's flicking their blood at someone else because they're cut, uh, whatever, they have a cold and there's snot coming down, you can't flick that at your opponents, you can't spit at them, you can't lick it them. It's not season. You can't, you know what I'm saying? Well, and also they're in the cold, they're out there in the <laughs> cold and the nose is dripping. I'm just saying. All right, well, that covers, I think, the... The officiating generally, though, like something has to be yeah. done. I don't think the board, the board of the board of governors, the nice. board of governors helps the situation. And uh, maybe we could just convene a team like supposed to happen of players and like people in the NHL offices or from teams that have actually played and been in the front office. Sure. To, so you, they have the perspective of both sides, I like it. but. Yeah, sorry, no spitting on people, and if there's blood, don't be f stupid refs. Exactly. You know, they like having a fight to see who can be the worst official in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if uh, if you are a uh, potential college student out there and you'd like to know more about college hockey, check out collegehockeyinc.com, check out their podcast. Nate Ewell and Brett Slossman do a great job. Uh, they're good advisors. They'll steer you in the right track of uh, a, a great and hopefully successful uh, collegiate hockey career. So reach out to them at, at collegehockeyinc.com and um, listen to their commercial. Passion. Talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand score! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Score! And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. 
And we're back. I just heard a great little commercial from the uh, collegehockeyinc.com folks. Uh, Nate Ewell and Brad Schlossman, they do a fantastic job, as I said before. Um, but coming back to the Bruin Talkie Talk after the break, I uh, need to talk about Charlie McAvoy. Um, needs to shoot more. I mean, I'm just, just plain and simple. He's been playing decent. He's, he's getting better as the season goes on. Hopefully this is a, a positive trend of, towards the end of the season and hopefully a playoff berth that he's at his top um, shape, form, and ready to rock and roll. So, uh, but uh, for me, I need, I need more shots. Uh, I need more pucks on net uh, to create secondary opportunities from the blue line. I love his mobility. But uh, it's just I, I need I need more shots I I need more shots. Yeah, I'm looking to see he's got two, three, five shots in three games last week. He was credited for, and there was a few last night that he should have buried, but he didn't. Why is Why is it? I'm having I'm not. It's not the shots on thing. It's the he's not finishing too is part of the problem. Why is all of a sudden, and I don't know if I really don't have anything to back this up. Sorry, folks. If you do, at me, black and gold 277. But why does he seem like he's more of a pass first all the time now? I don't know. It's bothering me. Like that last night with Marsha. Like, Marsha's trying to get you. Yeah, the 3-0. Oh. Yeah, like. <laughs> you had a 3-0 oh with your defenseman pinching in offensively and like. Let's do something here. Like left the puck a yeah. little bit? Yeah. Like, do you see how much twine was above the goaltender that was mm. already down? Like, I'm not crit- It's like, it's almost... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the, um... Maybe he's afraid of making, like, the wrong decision or something like that, so he feels better. Maybe he just feels like that's his job is just set other people up, but... I don't know what it is, but he needs to get out of his own head and sometimes just fire the puck in. Look at what it, Chara just fired it in towards net, and Jake DeBrusque had the most beautiful, perfect tip five hole you ever going to see. Topped then, off with a killer, Sally. Yeah, like, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I just, he's got, I mean, I've seen the shot so many times, whether it be development camp, practices, whatever. He's got a friggin' cannon. you got to use it. I mean, I, I understand that the game is... They're not even allowing Chara to shoot much anymore. But what he's doing is he's he's trying to thread the needle with a with a soft wrist shot through traffic to create an opportunity for a guy that's wreaking havoc in front of the crease. And I get that, but that's not part of the reason that you were recruited to be here. You're supposed to be a big shot, yeah, defenseman on the backside. But I I do think it's like almost I don't want to say he's doubting himself. I'm not in his head, but it's like. In that moment, it's like he doesn't seem to want to commit all the way. Or like I said, whether that's he's afraid to make the wrong, you know what I mean, situation, he doesn't want to cause a turnover, whatever it is. But he definitely, you got to just put it on net. It can't get any worse, you know what I mean? What's the worst thing that happens? You don't score, but what's worse is like last night when you should have scored and... Gretzky said it perfectly. I think he's the one. He's like, you're going to miss a thousand shots on the... I messed that one up. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yes, that's it. I've heard it. That's why you're here, because you're, you're like my crutch. Uh, no, I love you. Okay. Um, yeah, I just I, we got to get some more from him and and solidify that back that back end. 
with uh, quality shots in, in, at the net. I mean, it just. If you're listening, Charlie, we know you have it in you. That's yeah, why dude, we're the sad. We're, like, there. we're sad for you. <laughs> There's a reason why we want to keep you here for a yeah. long term. But the, in that long term, you got to learn to shoot. Um, but yeah, you'll be all right. We just would like you to remind us. <laughs> right. Then. Um, how about the next topic? Uh, is trading Grizzlick a better option than moving Krug? I know you're going to have a fangirl moment here, and I appreciate that, but it's it's a valid question. Because I'm a Grizzly fangirl, too, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's a B. Oh, it's not a... It, no, you're not B. You are you? Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Can I just think you're BC. You tell me... No. Ew, oh, okay. Can you... Um, no, it's no offense, BC. <laughs> that sounded bad, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, you go first, because I always talk, and you'll get me on my rant. I want to know how you feel about... Well, just generally that whole defensive situation. From what I've seen, when Krug has been out, has not been pleasant. But what I've seen from Grizzlick in his absence has been decent. So I'm on the fence, all right? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm on the fence on this one because the fact is that I can see the game and how they play, especially on the man advantage, when he's not there. I think that in that whole time frame, they had one power play goal while he was out. Mm. I, I, I could be wrong. I, I could definitely be wrong. Um, we but, haven't been too hot on the power play. It's hard to tell whether that was before. Right. But I also see that, you know, if there's, if there's uh, available to move for incoming assets, I'm all for that too. But be smart about that one too. Um but no, I mean, if we can, if we, if you can lock Tory Krug up, and I know we we talk about this a lot. It's it's a value. It's a huge value in the growth of this game, especially when it seems like he'd be a good mentor for a player like Grizzlick and another guy that's coming up with offensive uh, cap- offensive capabilities uh, down in Providence if he's if he's around to be that mentor. Uh, I think the game's going in that way where you don't need the the six five to seven foot defenseman anymore. You're going to get a lot more guys that are more uh, that, that that are faster transitioning defensemen, and I'd just lock him up for his leadership in that role, in my opinion. But the guy's a value. I mean, he's going to get you fifty or sixty points a season. A lot of those are going to be power play points, and he plays a key role. And like I I, I know I I hammer this. But he plays that bumper in that quarterback position very well laterally to look for opportunities. He's the best in the league. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's no hands down. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, his his defensive um, stalwarts in in his own zone sometimes are the ones that get him the bad freaking rap. He's kind of like with Tuca on the defensive end that like everyone remembers the couple bad Polarizing. moments that you had, right? Yeah. But no one remembers all the not horrific because it's kind of like it's either. Horrific or non-existent, right. you know, kind of. I'm thing. the kind of guy that goes, "Oh my God, Tory Krug, what are you doing?" And then all of a sudden, three minutes later, go, "Hey, that was a great, great uh, pass there." And all of a sudden, that that mistake in the defensive zone that yeah. turned into a goal yeah. has now gone. It's disappeared yeah. out of my head. Or say sometimes when you accidentally tip it in on your own goaltender, but then come back to be right. the hero of the day. That's how you fix that. Exactly. Shit. Excuse my language, but okay. So I love Matt Grizzly too, and I bet you know 
I was waiting for him. You know, he's young, and I was glad when he kind of made his way into the lineup. But we talked about this, I think, last his week. His story is unbelievable how but he got he, to um, the professional. Like, level. once he got up here, he kind of solidified his own little place in here. And we talked about, like, what happens when Moore and Millen, whoever, like, but, like, that's Matt Grizzlick's spot now at this point. It's been a couple of years. He's earned that spot. It is whatever. I also am the person who doesn't think that both of them, as much as I love them, are the same defensemen. No matter what their similarities are, they have their own skill sets and their own values. I agree that, let's face it, even if you just can't afford Tory Krug, right, you have to look at what's going to happen if he's not there, right? But ideally, Due diligence. keep Krug and Grizzlick. If you can move other people, no offense other people, but... They are more important to your core in continuing to move forward with what's being already been being built because now we're a couple years into the you know post clock like we said last year that now it's really Cassidy's team. Like, yep. yes, there's a lot of players that played for a long time with Claude, but like the transition of whoever, whoever, and we've talked about too that I think that Julian and Cassidy were more on the same page than the front end and Julian were yeah. on the front. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of made a wedge between the two coaches. But it's also it's also going to create a but, very interesting situation though that I mean I'm all on board for for keeping them both yeah. while uh, um, Miller is probably not going to be here after this season. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's going to happen with uh, Moore, mm-hmm. who has a couple more years to go. Uh, I'd love to keep them both. But does that put you? Does that put the Boston Bruins in a situation that if you do want to keep the both of those on the back end, is now are you going to uh, entertain bringing back a, a, a goaltender like Yaroslav Halak, who's going to want to get a little bump and increase and it's in a salary cap that we might not have next season? True that. Also, we don't know what Halak would take. Everyone else, I mean, yeah. again, we live in a we live in a town where we play pay Patrice yeah. Bergeron like six million dollars a year. Where anywhere else, he's a twelve million dollar player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, you know, my big thing with Yaroslav is just don't do anything this year. Like you have him signed already. Worry about the backup goaltender next year. But right now, the boys are in a nice smooth pattern or whatever between the two of them. They feel comfortable. But as for the defenseman, I do think. We have a lot more offensive potential down in the AHL and out there going to develop to be in the system than we do on the defensive side, I think. And that, to me, That's is fair. even more important to maybe lock in these two. Because let's face it, the, that'll still leave two two musical chairs worth of defense, whether that's Connor Clifton forever fills one of those spots. You know, once Char is gone or whatever, and obviously Warren Miller. But I think that part of the chemistry is both of these boys Mm -hmm. because when Krug does get hurt and he is a player that gets hurt a lot you have you're not going to get the same level of offense and that is something everyone has to know like if Tori Krug isn't here you can't now spin it all on Matt Grizzlick if he isn't the next Tori Krug he's not Tori Krug you know what I mean he has a lot of the same attributes but he also does a lot of things that like he's better defensively in the defensive zone than Tori you know what I mean kind of thing you're going to have to see a step back though on your power play if you get rid of the best power play quarterback in the league yeah but you bring up Bergeron a little bit Mm. now in the previous games what did you see from uh, Krug and Bergeron not being there. It was like, are you are you comfortable in the future of having one or both of those guys not around in the next couple of years? 
I mean, ultimately, Bergeron's going to retire. He's, it, oh, it's, yeah, well, it's yeah, gonna Bergeron, we know where he'll be retiring out sometimes. Same thing, Krejci might end up retiring. It depends on what they do with them on the last couple of years of probably. But you can see end. how they were shuffling lines around there to uh, to make it happen, putting Krejci I, on the first line, which I like to see. I know, but I think... It was a boring moment for me. I never really thought about this before, but I guess that's one thing that, we, that people take for granted about Tory Krug is he does a lot of those things that someone like a Bergeron who's a two because we've talked about like they're kind of the opposite two-way player yeah. that takes care of kind of that dirty area in the middle like offensive the Buffalo, defensive responsibilities the, the Buffalo game showed a lot it was a sloppy at times because we weren't playing the, the neutral zone area very well and partly that's because was it the maybe it was yeah thing because you could, that was where you were missing Tory Krug and whatever, you know, because he like kind of shores up the backside yep. with the, not just the top, I only like said, Crazy's been having a hell of a week and he, again, he's David Crazy. He's quiet. Jesus. Yeah, he can't, everyone's been, Bergeron showed up the first day back and it's like, all right, enough of this, gets back in the, you know. Um, I think though maybe that's partly why it's important to keep Tory Krug because he, he is even a few years younger, you know what I mean, is a long time and he's a defenseman they tend to play later into their careers than yep. the forward does. Yep. Uh, but Bergeron, I think it always affects when Bergeron's not out there. You know what I mean? At the same time, as sloppy as it was last night, you can see how fast the speed is with certain players on the ice. Mm -hmm. Like, when Bergeron sure. and Krug are both... Like, the transition... What was it last night? It was like, Bergeron broke his stick. He had gone to the bench, got back. Krug was still ready to just toss it over. You know, like, they're doing right. their thing down there. That was interesting, too, because was it... Because Krejci and... Very rarely is Krejci and Bergeron get to be on the ice at the same time. Which, that's something to think about. You know what I mean? Maybe as they get older, you can't... Right. You know, maybe you don't need to... Maybe you can... Bergeron's played on the right side before. Yeah, no, I'm just joking about that. But I think, I think whenever Bergeron's out, you can totally see it. And I do, I do agree. We do have people that can end up tallying up to be what Krug, some of Krug's skills that that you rely on so heavy. Right. I just want everyone to be prepared. Like you can't now want to run Matt Grizzlick out of town if you choose to keep the younger, sure. similar defenseman. You got to keep one of them. But I think I personally think that we need to sh just. Like, if we can keep them both and then worry about moving some of those 9 million centers we have in the system somewhere, yep. you know, like, because sometimes teams will trade you for a medium player. You know, if we can move more and, or what, just for example, or Miller with some of their contracts still, and a couple of the middle guys that, like, they're shaping up, but, like, we don't have time or a place to put them yet, then you get to keep both in an ideal world and still have money to get Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, and the cap screws. Okay, sorry. Speaking Why do you have to bring up the boys? I'm sorry. Because uh, it's it's fun. It's, <laughs> we talk about it, so. Uh, next topic is 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 Bruce Cassidy. Um, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna go off and just say, listen, he's a good coach. Not I'm not knocking him. I'm not saying bad things about him. But I just don't want the. I don't want to see the experiment anymore at Coral at right wing. I'm not comfortable with him there. And I get it's against Minnesota and against it's certain teams. But I don't even want you messing around with a lineup like that when you're playing bottom tier teams. Keep it consistent. I mean, Coyle is a, is a huge asset to that third line. I just think every time he goes up to that right hand, right side, he looks like a deer in headlights, not comfortable, and and it brings me to the point that it's like, 
Jack Sudnika is down in the American Hockey League Providence Bruins, and he's ripping it up. I mean, he's got goals in his last four games, uh, and incredible numbers. He's been playing very well. And then some folks are, are advocating for him to come up and play on the right side. But he, you know what? It's just keep those guys at center. Keep them at center because that's their natural position. That's what they're developing as. I do not like the idea of having a center that plays center down in Providence come up and play a wing position. That's something you should be doing down in Providence in the first place if you want to get that idea. And I know I'm sounding like I'm frustrated and so on, but I'm a huge fan of Coil third liner. I mean, you have other assets that have come that have been comfortable on the right side that you've already used and it's worked. Also, so, like I'm not in love with Brett Ritchie, but he's the little time he's on the ice, he's been pretty effective with Krejci and stuff, and that's something even people who spend a lot of time with Krejci can't be. I would still be a high advocate of Ritchie on the second line, right side, and keeping Coyle yeah. in the middle. I also think that's. You shouldn't mess with that because Coyle is one of your best players on that ice. It's like the production line, Tory Krug, Charlie Coyle, and then a handful like Heinen. It's your and offensive who, like, grinding Even line. though they're not getting you the points, they're doing something. Like Again, I get a boring moment when I see Bjork, Coyle, and Heinen. I would say that. You think Anders Bjork is just playing his way right into staying in this lineup? I yes. Think he is. I think so, too. I think Anders Bjork has been playing fantastic. His two-way game has been incredible this is the highest point i've seen him in his development mm -hmm. and it is so nice it is so so nice to watch this is his last year on his contract it's a contract year he's playing but if he can stay in the lineup until april i could see this team easily resigning him at a cap friendly deal to stay here win like everybody else he's in the environment of uh of a uh, of a uh, uh, bergeron Marshan, Pasternak, that have taken those lower deals to get things done here. I think he sticks around, and I like it. I think it's... One of the things I was thinking about, you know, we always talk about, like, the young kids developing and whatever, but you know when they get their looks, part of the whole thing is how do the other players feel the chemistry is, you know, and they can weed out who... They don't want to bring someone in that's not, like, ready, you know. That was part of the problem with Ryan Donato, right? Like, he just was too much for... They do the same thing. At Harvard, when he was a, when he was a, uh, a Bruins prospect, center goes into Providence, center. I mean, he, they 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 incorporated him over the right side a little bit. I get that. And when he's brought up to the NHL, there's no room. It's a log jam. You have your centers in line. They move him to a wing position. And I thought that he even looked uncomfortable there, even though he did okay in certain situations. You know, scoring goals here and there, getting his uh, you know his, his NHL career started off with with some point, a little bit of point production, but I think that he would have flourished more if he was more comfortable in the position where he has been developing all along. Mm. Sorry, I agree. With right you. Right. I yeah. think when you get to a certain level, like you should kind of know what you're playing. Yeah. That way, you can hone in the skills specific to that. We talk. So about how do you think? How do you think I would have reacted at my job for 15 years? I've done the same thing repetitive over and over again, right? All of a sudden, the boss comes in and says, hey, you got to go to the other end of the building and try that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be yeah. like, no, I'm going to be grabbing ankles, trying to get back in my own space. Yeah. But I I think Anders Bjork's playing very well. He's looking like he might stay up there with the... Gaining more and more confidence from Coach Cassidy, which is it's fantastic because that's 
that's what you want. You want to play that good that you're getting noticed from the guy that's behind there, ultimately keeping the the biggest eye on you. We so. talked about this though that it's not how many looks you get, it's what you do with the looks. Impacts, that you have. impacts, been, impacts, impacts. He's been. I don't want to say lucky. I'm sure he's not feel lucky that people are injured. That's why he's up there. That's you know I'm sure, but still he's had a good. He's been up for a little bit. Like this wasn't just I get to come up for two games. Like he's had a because of how many injuries, whether it was like weird illnesses or like whatever's happening, David Backus, you know, where have you been, David Backus? You know what I mean? I just want to know he's all right and give him a hug kind of thing. And, uh, but this kid has been doing his job. He knows it's not his full-time job yet, but he's wants to, he's making the best effort to fit in He's staying. And stick out the least. Instead yep. of being the young kid on the ice, he's trying to be the kid. Kind of like Connor Clifton did. Just kind of come up and just fake it till you make it, baby. And then it, sometimes it You just... make those small impacts that freaking that get that get so much attention and keeps you up here. If you're not doing those small things on the score sheet or off the score sheet, then it's going to get you another uh, trip down 95 to Providence. But he's making an impact, or maybe even several during these games that he's been up here and that's such a good sign and I'm happy for the kid I've been following him since he was been in in Notre Dame since he was he walked away from the podium in the fifth round sixth round whatever he was a late round pick mm-hmm. you know and and then just it's it's good to see I get off on seeing that type of progression from a player that that grinds it through the developmental system and then brings it when 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 needed, and and unfortunately the injuries suck. You know what I mean? But I remember that when he was drafted, that like because I'm not saying I know like all the draft people. I obviously read things, so I try to be familiar with people. Like you know whatever. Like I'm a hockey East girl. Don't hate me. I live in the middle of it. Like, right. <laughs> literally in the middle of it. But like I like to think. But I remember everyone's kind of like, who is Andrews Bjork? And we're like, oh yeah, that guy from Notre Dame. You know. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Um, good. All right. We, so good kids. Hopefully we can keep Mac, uh, Matt and Tori Krug. Hopefully McAvoy will shoot the puck more. Anders Bjork might stay up. What's our next topic? All right. The the last one before we take another break uh, and hear from the great folks at the store next door up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, is I just want to go off on a little rant about David Backus. The guy's coming back, right? Which means he's healthy. That should be the main focus of this conversation. Um, in the conversation I had on Twitter and I and I didn't retweet I didn't respond and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to get into a pissing match with obviously a hater that is very unhappy with things that go on in his life but the my tweet was about good to see him back on the ice and trying to get back on now that doesn't mean that I do not like the idea of him on the roster or off the roster as a human being and what I saw he went through against uh, the, the Ottawa and Dan, Danny Saverin. No. It was Saverin. It wasn't Saverin, uh, but it wasn't the goalie. Ca- Carolina. Wasn't it Carolina? No, it was Ottawa. Was it? it was Saverin. But, um, All I know is it was traumatic. And yeah, it sucked. He was hurt, too. And, and he had an upper, in, uh, upper body injury, obviously. And he's waking his way back. And just, you know, some folks just shit on that because uh, they're insensitive pieces of crap. So, um, you know... It sucks for the guy. I get it, but as a human being, don't pit, don't poke fun at somebody's injuries. That's just classless. It really is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, and it's Twitter. I get it, uh, but still, it's just it's just ridiculous. 
Like, what kind of person are you if you have enough time on that? Like, regardless of if you whether David Backus is actually on, like, in-game or not, or where he's sitting during those times, yeah. as a hockey fan and as someone who should respect David Backus because unless you're 14, you should know who David Backus is and what he's accomplished yeah. in his career, which has not, as we've talked about, maybe come to an end closer to its end point the way he ever probably imagined it to, but, like, well, that was big shit. Like, he, excuse my language, but, like, just the emotional trauma for those two players to have gone through that. And, like you we said, like, David Backus also probably had concussion, upper body, whatever going on, because that was a bad hit. Leave him alone. He's allowed well, to be healthy and rejoin his team, whatever capacity that's in. That, that was the response that I got, was that, um, the guy can't take a hit, get out of the game, retire. You know, it's like, come on, man. First Jesus. of all, his generation were, really could take hits. Your generation probably cannot because it's probably this Austin Matthews, you know, we have to protect all the quick players, you know, kind of mentality, yeah. which is fine. I'm all for player safety. I'm not making, I love Austin Matthews and them, you know what I mean? But it's a generational thing because I guarantee to you, David Backus is a lot effing tougher than whoever that guy or yeah. girl was that tweeted ignorant crap. About him, you like, know what I mean. Just like I said, you know, I I, I got me I know. I mean, I'm on the fence if he's in the lineup or off the lineup. But the the guy is trying to do what he has to do to maintain his role in the National Hockey League as a aging veteran. Mm -hmm. That who knows what's going to happen after his after this season and next season under contract or over. I mean, he could retire and he could also go to another team. Who knows? But for me, I have respect for the guy as he's working his way back from a head injury. Which is not his first. He's got history on this. I believe this is his fourth. So I think I read something about Ty on uh, Ty Anderson, 98.5, the Sports Hub. Um, but uh, before we get into a, a crash course here, I'm going to have to take a quick break. So we will be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. And we're back for episode, or oh, back to episode 155 of the Black Gold Hockey Podcast, sponsored by betonline.ag. Just heard uh, a commercial from the great folks at the store next door. Uh, go to their website, thestorenextdoor.ca. Buy some awesome hockey-related stuff in time for the holidays. They ship internationally, uh, and they do a great job. They, have, uh, they, they make broken stick furniture. They have great Adirondack chairs, end tables, benches, uh, it's all hockey related, it's awesome, and it's for a good cause. So go check them out, thestorenextdoor.ca. Um, to, um, I don't know, we're not going to end it here. 
But uh, we're just gonna go through some a little bit of Bruins tidbits, maybe. This is the part where we just start going after yeah. things that come to mind. <laughs> but uh, the uh, NHL public relations uh, released last night uh, uh, after the Boston Bruins Minnesota Wild game. Um, the, the, the Tory, the one that Tory Krug won. Y- all yes, the time. Yeah, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Bruins overcame a multi-goal de- deficit. In the final two minutes of regulation to win this for the second time in franchise history. The other was October 24th, 2009. Damn. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> and um, last night, Tuka Rask improved to 7-0-2 on home ice this season. Rask is the uh, NHL Bruins goaltender to... Is the first goaltender to record a season-opening home point streak of nine or more games since Jerry Cheever's... Uh, he did it for in ten oh and one from Dece- November ninth to December twenty third, nineteen seventy eight. That was pretty cool. Um, Ty Anderson uh, at Ty Anderson. At, I'm sorry at underscore Ty Anderson on Twitter. David Backus back on the ice today. By the way, it's been called an upper body injury head injury but seems understood that Bacchus is working back from yet another concussion his fourth since signing with the Boston Bruins in 2016 and that's it for that so well interesting oh, oh, tidbits. I forgot I forgot per uh, at Mike Comito on Twitter uh, on this day November 24th um, and I forgot the year damn it the Avs retired Ray Bork's number 77 jersey. So kind of I wanted to bring this up as a, as a mi- little mini topic. Okay. So when Ray Bork won the cup in Colorado, oh, yeah, was it against New Jersey? It was. Yeah, and it was a, a very famous goaltender named Marty Verdure that Might he probably beat. one of the Nets, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I could have got home from work not very happy. And I was like, Flip Colorado! Friggin' uh, yay, Ray Bork, friggin' Colorado. We actually talked about this not long ago at work as one of the, um, some uh, little water cooler discussion at work. So uh, it was brought up that do you think Ray Bork was it a slap in the face for Ray to come back with the cup and not win it as a Bruin and still have the crowd to show up and support him? I think that's the stupidest effing thing I've ever I know. heard because he's Ray Bork and I he know. left for like 18 months and I'm not mad at him for having to do that, whatever the circumstances that brought him to just, I don't know, be one of the greatest players that hadn't won the cup of like all time people, not just in Bruins history. He gave us two decades. He gave them 18 months. They gave him a cup. We did not. And it is what it is. And I think it was his way of honoring like, hey, I might have had that jersey on me, but like you are my people, you know? Let me clarify a little bit. Sorry, don't. Was it? It was. It was. Would you go to the uh, the ceremony that he had? Like at um, where was it? Where was the? Um, was it? Um, it was like what at, in Colorado? Was like no, in Boston. Where the hell was I don't know it? What it went? Oh, come on! I, I, I got Times Square in my head, and it's not oh, Times Square. Like the Common? No, it's yeah, it's not. It's where everybody they all go for the championships. Oh, like to City Hall? City Hall. Yeah, I think it was I'm City like, Hall. I'm like, Boston's not that big of a city. I I'm thought confused. it was in... I couldn't remember where it was because I did not go and that was, uh, what, 20 years ago. I thought there was another that. name for it, but no, would city you Hall go Plaza. Would you go to see a former player win a cup somewhere else but come back here to where he spent so many years 
to show it off when it, when it was, you know, I don't know. I think that it depends on the player. Like, Ray Bork is Ray freaking Bork. You what know, if your like, mojo does it? Mm. <laughs> no, because he, I think we've covered this, that as much as some people don't want to let it go, he has been a San Jose Shark way longer than he was ever a Boston Bruin. Right. Um, I don't think... I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a Bruin, but I don't. I don't think so. I think if it meant, I mean, do I think like if David Backus and we had won the cup, should he have brought it directly to St. Louis because we beat St. No, that uh, might be a little be funny. He might have been able to have like a party in Minnesota, maybe invited some close friends from the organization, kind of thing or whatever. But um, you might want to wait a while on that. Yeah, I'm one. just saying that would have been a stinger. <laughs> but no, I like the Ray Bork thing was like I said, he gave us two damn decades. Like he outlasted most everybody else that he played with. It's true. Um, including say Cam Neely, you know, who had a much shorter career, you know. But I mean, I just and maybe that is a generational thing because to us it's like you know, Bork and Neely and all of them, they are our you know, right people from growing up. Players like that, there is a million of them that. You know, we'd think of, but, but like, do I think like if Tyler Sagan won the cup and came back with it, that would be a little insulting? Yeah, I think that that would, because I think any organization, if you, maybe it's like in Detroit, how they have the big like debate or whatever, because it got a little messy with certain players there, like say Sergey Fedorov, and it's not exactly on the best terms ever with his organization that he spent so much of his life and grew up at. Uh, so I just feel like every organization has those players that are so special to them that like the fans would be like big hug, group hug, and yay, the right. family's all back together. And that's how I felt when Ray Bork showed up. But I guess it's circumstance. Like I said, say if David Backus had done it to St. Louis if yeah, we had won, not That'd so much. Funny. But all right. I don't know. Whatever. That is all I have for topics. So. All right. Well. Where do we want to go here? I don't know. I don't really have a lot more. Just mostly spent most of the week pondering if you're bleeding on the ice, should that be an automatic stoppage of playing stuff? But I'll say it. It took one week for Don Cherry to have his own podcast. If you feel like listen to it, listen to it. I actually was going to ask you. This was just a two minute. I guess I am talking about John. Um. Do you, and I was going to ask you, will you listen to it? You said you checked it out. I did listen to the first episode, and, and to be honest, it was, it was, it was so relative to the moment we're in right now. Obviously, that was, what, a week and a half ago, or whatever, mm. a week ago. Um, so, About I mean, 10 days, yeah. it is still fresh in everybody's thoughts, um, so I assume the first episode he It was just a repeat. Day. It was a repeat of everything that I've heard from every other podcast out there about what he said and all the recordings. It was just him saying it over again. And um, honestly, I did not hear an apology. Um, so, and I think he's going to stand firm on that hill and die on that hill that he wasn't wrong. He didn't think he was wrong. But, it, I mean, that is what it is. That's his opinion and he's entitled to it regardless of... Yeah. Of if you want to believe it or not, but um, he's got a podcast now, and now he can say whatever he wants. So yeah, that's. I think I said that too because I heard like his son obviously, and then his grandson are involved, and I feel yeah. like no, he was good. like, "Pops, let's do this. No what you're yeah. gonna make a crap ton of money and can say whatever you want and never have to answer to the man again." I mean, it's good that he can um, do something like that with his kid and, and uh, his grandson, which is which is a class act, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, also, I just don't. I really hope that he's gonna be classy about it. Um, and not, 
not use this platform as a way to spread a message that shouldn't obviously be sp spread. Uh, and I'm not sure that was his complete intentions when he first did it. Um, I, who knows? But I, I mean, good for him to keep on talking about hockey. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's it is what it is. So um, yeah, I have not decided if I'm going to listen to it or not. Uh, but. I probably will end up at least taking a peek because... Um, it is on Spotify right now. I, I have looked on uh, Apple Podcasts and I have not seen it yet. That doesn't mean it's not there as of right now when we record on November 24th. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It is what it is. I mean, he's a, he's he, he does say good hockey stuff, but you know, when it comes to... You know lifestyles and and countries and and who did what and who served and is who, who you respect is just a, a platform that I would rather not listen to. Okay. Well, I had a question. I, I'm gonna, I had a question. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, absolutely, and I will listen to a couple. But if it's always going to be about what happened, I don't want to keep hearing that. I was going to. I want to hear hockey. I was going to say I understand if the first episode obviously addressed you know, that because it is within, you know, a week and a half. And obviously it's not exactly like you can pretend like it didn't happen. But do you think at some point, because he is 85 and doesn't give a flying what, will just start unleashing all the dirt that he knows from this league for the last 50 years or whatever and not really care if he makes people uncomfortable doing it? Do you think he will? Or do you think he, that's not how we do it in the hockey world. We don't do that. I think so. <laughs> I think what's the point of you having this if you can't unleash all the what you have? You know what I mean? Like, you are Don Cherry. You've got everybody's skeletons get up in your clock. You know, I don't know. I just think that'll be interesting. Okay, can we talk a little bit about <clears throat> this team called the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, we can. We can who, touch on uh, this. This is kind of funny. fired though. their head coach in Arizona, uh, and they're going to bring up their... Marley's coach, the Toronto Maple Leafs, you might have heard of him, Mike Babcock, now out of a job. Um, so I wrote, I obviously rant my own rant so I can get it out of my head before we talk. So I guess I'm going to ask you because I talk enough on this show and you can talk to him. <laughs> um, do you think Babcock should have been fired right now? Everyone knows it was on the radar, but do you think this was, do you think this is going to make a major impact on Toronto? Well, uh there's always an impact when you change the coach. My answer is not going to obviously reflect very well on on your question, but mm -hmm. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here on my own. It's your show, man. It's I find it weird that they did this and they immediately signed uh, Sheldon Keefe to a, I believe a three year deal. Like but in my opinion, I, I still I don't care if if Kyle Dubas, the general manager, has a history with Sheldon Keefe and the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the Ontario Hockey League and and what that relationship is. This is still a show-me league. You need to show me that you can do this job and, and do it well. Um, quite surprised that he was not offered the interim tag first. Um, to And at least get you to where you need to go, try to get this um, this organization back on its feet become the Toronto Maple Leafs of the past, the original six history, and so on. Um, not saying anything about previous playoff experience. <laughs> uh, but, um, 
you know, I mean, these are these are decisions that have to be made by every National Hockey League organization, uh, and just found it funny that it was not under the inter. Quite like like Bruce Bruce Cassidy did. Uh, Bruce Cassidy was with the uh, Providence Bruins for six years. Oh, I remember. And then come then comes yeah, but I'm I'm yeah. talking to a podcast listeners too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you know, comes through the the American Hockey League to get back into the coaching uh, style that he once had with the Washington Capitals, and, and that same track. But Bruce was also brought in here on the interim. Um, and also brought up in there as assistant coach and then the intern head coach, which obviously ultimately ends up him being the, the best coach in the National Hockey League right now. So it was just... Okay, well, the battery trots lovers are going to disappear. Yeah. But it, 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 I just thought the, the uh, it was... I have such a commitment in somebody that I believe I believe in and I have for so long. Um, hopefully it doesn't fail. I hope hopefully that, you know, they're thinking longer term than, than immediate success. So... If they had, if they signed Sheldon Keefe to a three year deal now, I don't think it's really going to matter if they do or don't turn it around this season. But moving forward, it'll definitely be on the radar as they get um, some chemistry together, uh, learn to you know be with one each other over the uh, the course of an off season too, pregame I mean preseason workouts, relationships and so on, and go into next season full bore with. With a plan, because I think Kyle Dubas is a good general manager. Put aside the the geek numbers and so on See, and I analytics. I don't think he's a good general manager. Well, do you think he's not a good general manager because he uses because analytics so hard? I I think it's because he's so analytical. But you keep you finish up because I already. No, I mean I'm I'm pretty much done. I, this isn't because I don't think Babcock was on the verge of getting fired. I find it weird, like. Cassidy came up as the assistant coach. We all kind of knew, again, how I'm still shocked as shit that, because it really didn't make that big of an impact that year, why it wasn't let it play out first. You know what I mean? Well, Anton Hudobin started winning. Right. So, well, <laughs> that's good on Anton, but but Cassidy and Julian had been more working together, whether that was just because with so much injury. You know, you work back organizational and forth. Right, yeah. organizationally. And... I always say this to you, I feel like maybe some people in the offices kind of were driving a wedge between Julian and Cassidy in that season because some people wanted Cassidy to just be the coach and other people like, you respect, you know, Claude has the right to try to hold the team together a little bit. He's earned it, you know, kind of thing. What's the worst? At that point in our season, particularly that season, it was like, what is the worst that's going to happen? We were probably going to still make the playoffs, but, you know, get through the year. This is weird to me because this dude has not been one of the assistants. You know, he hasn't been up. I think Babcock dug his own hole, but I honestly, and I always say this, is there's too much money, too much ego, and not enough willingness to buy into any system. Because Mike Babcock, love or hate him, whatever. He is a smart coach. Maybe he's an overrated coach, all that. That's been the big debate this week. It doesn't matter. He has more experience than you, twenty-one-year-old players, and you. Tw- if maybe if some of you would have, it's not, to me. It's not about whether you like someone or not. Your boss is your boss, and you have to learn how to work under your boss and how they want to do it. And I think it's generational. This whole we like we need someone who's like you know like us that will play video games with us and whatever and hang out at the bar with the chicks. Like I feel like that's kind of these younger players, but I don't think the core of Toronto buys into anything other than their own paychecks and what they should be as a team instead of 
just put it this way, Kyle Dubas, who I think being an over-analytical guy actually hurts his cause. Now you've got the target on your back because Babcock's gone. It's not his fault anymore. You pulled this guy up. You're going to make him your coach, like you said, with no like in-between, let's see what happens between now and April. <coughs> and good luck, Sheldon Keith. And when they start going, why did they fire Mike Babcock by New Year's Day or whatever? Because I honestly... And you're going to see a bounce back. There's always a bounce back when the coach changes. But if you think Sheldon Keith is the next Craig Berube miracle story, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, there's, been a, there's been a couple articles already written yeah, about that. I, I like, just... We're going to do it. I was no, like, oh my I, God, I public breaks. I think Toronto... Oh, and also as for how the front office is thinking long-term, that's great, but the city of Toronto wants their King Cup right now. Like, they don't want it in three more years. Nice. A little bit of breaking news here, folks. The Boston Bruins have officially unveiled their uh, third jerseys. Um, Adidas Hockey uh, and the Boston Bruins are working together, and um, not bad. Looks like my sweater. Not bad at all. I like the traditional old-style B. Brings it back to the history. Uh, the threads look really good. I am in love with it. Um, go to at NHL Bruins uh, on Twitter to check it out for yourself. Um, I'll be tweeting this out later on, so... Um, but yeah, nice. Uh, thanks to uh, blackandgoldhockey.com senior writer Max Mainville for sharing that in the Slack channel as we do this podcast. So dropping a little bit of breaking news all the time oh, here. Exciting. Yeah, I like those. It looks like my sweater. Yeah, I'm I have pumped. My vintage sweater. I, have. I think I'm going to have to get one. So Cool. Well, it was a good week. The boys did well. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, how can you not go... You know, be happy with a three and zero against teams that you we expected last time we talked to do three and zero numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did have the 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 mindset that the Minnesota game could be the stinker, mm -hmm. but I was thinking two out of three ain't bad. It was close. It was close, but I admire the Boston Bruins and the way they fought back to get back into the game and keep this um, TD Garden home streak alive it's been awesome also getting back in it in buffalo because buffalo controlled that game a lot of the game we didn't yep. you know so that didn't get too out of control so uh, i mean speaking of control that's a great little segue right there bobby Orr had an awesome control in his career uh, with the boston bruins um and if you would like to get some bobby Orr stuff some merch something for the man for the fan cave <laughs> uh, uh please go to Perry Sound, Ontario, the Bobby Orr Hockey Hall of Fame, displays Bobby Orr's personal memorabilia and takes visitors through his storied career. <laughs> Items on display include his Stanley Cup ring, the stick to score the goal, and his locker room from the old Boston Garden. Orr fans will love the gift shop, and the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame is offering our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast listeners 10% off all online orders at bobbyorrhalloffame.com slash store. By using the code BNG, that's BNG at checkout, you can place your order by go place your order by December third to guarantee delivery before the holidays. Again, that's Bobby Orr Hall of Fame .com slash store promo code BNG at checkout for ten percent off all online orders. Promo code does not apply to signed merchandise, folks. Follow them on Facebook to take advantage of their 12 Days of Christmas sale from November 22nd, which has already passed, to December 3rd. Each day is featured an item we discounted 
with <laughs> store-wide savings on Black Friday. Follow them on Facebook and take advantage of these exclusive deals. So, <clears throat> I need to get on that Bobby Hall Hall of Fame.com website. Yeah. I need something for the for the uh, the uh, studio here. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I'm also going to um, the store next door.ca to get some of their stuff. It's holiday season, man. Absolutely. You take advantage of it, and also like cool and unique gifts. Like everyone's gonna be shopping at the on the Amazon in the yeah. local stores. Like this is a place. Another fantastic. That, Another fantastic opportunity to get yeah. some sports apparel is by going through our website at the blackandgoldhockey.com um, website and use the Fanatics banner to the right, click on that banner, and um, buy anything from the NHL, uh, the baseball, football, NASCAR, whatever you want. There's over 500,000 items in their inventory that's available for you to pick up. So to go there, we get the commission on the sale, and it helps us... Uh, with the the out of pocket costs, so well. Speaking of out of pocket costs, might as well announce our <laughs> Patreon dot com slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Patreon members. Wait until I'm done coughing because I don't want. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to give them their due diligence without my hackety voice. In the no, I know because they are the ultimate ultimate listeners, the ultimate fans, and the ultimate supporters of our show. So Here this we week. Christine Owls Ooh. is our winner. Congratulations, Christine. I will be in touch with you to get the size of shirt and where it's going and get that ordered as soon as possible. Thank you for your contributions to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast via the patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast website link. Um, thank everybody who's donated and, and helping us out. And we are getting more and more um uh, members every month which is awesome thank you yes thank you so much and uh, we're going to continue to do this we've been doing this every week since we started in September of this year so this is our first time we've been really active on this because last year we didn't have that many patreon supporters so buying t-shirts was a little little expensive and a little too much to do but this this year we have tons of new Patreon members that are that are awesome, they're unbelievable, and we have the ability to do this weekly and ship them out as soon as possible. So, let me get a drink. With that being said, maybe not. Hey, I was just gonna say. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh yes, because yes. by the time if we record, which is sort to of to all the U.S. listeners that are that are listening right now, we all at the blackandgoldhockey.com. Black and Go Hockey Podcast, our writers, our other shows, all the members here. We have like 24 members under our staff. We all want to say thank you very much for listening, but also happy Thanksgiving to all you all and your families, your friends. Please be safe out there. If you're drinking, do it in abundance, but do it safely. Because um, I know I'm going to have some pink Whitney's. No, no free ads. You guys know the rules. So, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be I'm a, thankful for you being my friend, even I'm though. I'm thankful for you. You for, know all the messy shit. I'm <laughs> thankful for you being my co-host and my friend for over, I don't know, what, 30 years now? Yeah. So, God, we're old. Yeah, no. Getting old. And thank you so much for but doing this. But thank you to everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. And also to Canadian listeners who might become, I've got, I know some people, I don't know if they're listening, but we've got some people that come back to the States for 
Also, don't get Heather mad. Don't get her mad because I hate I hate when I have to deal with her when she's mad. Go to Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah. Go to all the all the platforms you currently use, and find a place to put a rating and and a five star review. That would be fantastic. Would that be, helps us out. I'd be thankful if you bullied all your uh, family members. We're trying to get to a hundred, guys. We're trying so like hard to right get to hundred. We're so close. We need to break that 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 threshold, get to a hundred, and uh, it opens up um, the searches for other people that want to find our program. And it's just a really cool thing to do. I know I've been on doing my due diligence and giving reviews and five stars <clears throat> to the many podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis. So I know please. you want to keep us to yourselves, but you really should share us. There's I enough know. of us to go around. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> so with that being said, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We will talk to you next week as we get closer to December. The season is already going by so fast, but... We're almost, I hate to say it, we're already past the quarter mark. Mm. Oh, it's going too fast. But anyway, thank you again to the listeners, Patreon members, supporters, followers, friends, family, whatever. Enemies, it doesn't matter. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a good week. Peace out. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.